Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, we're in a series called Boys and Girls on Sunday mornings. We started that last week. Uh, really encourage you to get the podcast when it comes out and uh, grab a hold of that, listen to it, share it with friends. Uh, I, I run into people all the time, you know, out in my world, outside of here even, and, and uh, you know, most people could use a little bit of insight, wisdom, and, and a little little push around of encouragement when it comes to relationships. Uh, most of us, you know, we're, some are doing really good, others not so good, uh, others in between. Whatever it is, we can always use a, a little bit more, a lot more sometimes of the grace of God and, and the wisdom of God when it comes to this whole thing about marriage and relationships and dating and everything else. And speaking of dating, this morning, uh, I've called this rules of engagement. I know it's a military term. Sometimes, you know, it takes military strategy almost and tenacity to navigate our ways, uh, our way through the waters, especially when it comes to dating or finding the one. Uh, a lot of times people say, you know, I'm just trying to find the one or the, the right one. Well, I'm going to stop right there and say this. I don't believe there's just, and this is going to hit, some of you guys are going to go, oh, no. It's, I don't believe there's just, this is just, you know, me. I'm bra- brace yourself. Grab a hold of your seat, okay? If you don't agree with me, I'm cool with it. We're still friends. Uh, uh, you can argue later. Uh, but I don't believe there's just one right one for each one of us. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Uh, I know they're not all eligible for you and your world, uh, you know, but there might be just maybe more than just one person that if you don't find that needle in the haystack, you know, you've missed it all. And, and if you've missed the right one, it means you've married the wrong one. And if you married the wrong one, it means that you've married somebody else's right one and caused them to marry the wrong one, which means that they're not going to get the right one. They're going to get the wrong one, which means that they've caused somebody else to marry, to miss out on the right one, which means they've married the wrong one. And then pretty soon we got the butterfly effect going on here. You know, we got 7 billion people that have missed it because you didn't get the one and only right one out of the 7 billion people in your planet. I think not, my friends. I think not. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. That I'm relieved at that one. A few of you guys are, oh, I still do. I still think I got the. If you got the one right now and you're married, you got the right one. Okay. You got the right one if you're married. If you're single, I don't want you to think that there's just one person out there and only one person out there that you could ever possibly, you know, end up with the right one. Let me tell you this, and I think it's really important, that God, God first is the right one. Anything else is second anyway. All right? Jesus Christ is the right one for you to have the relationship of, of eternity with, and, and any other person is going to be second best anyway. So let's not put people uh, where they don't belong. Let's not make an idol out of any of the th- uh, any relationship here on earth. You know what blows me away is that when we get to heaven, the Bible says that there's neither marriage nor given in marriage. You're not giving away in marriage? And you're not married with somebody like that. In fact, it says there's neither male nor female. That's a little bit frightening. Uh, uh, But we're like the angels. 
So we are spirit beings, and, you know, we do do the stuff here on earth because we're here on earth, living in, in earth. But when we get to heaven, it's another ball game. So, you know, whoever you're married to right now uh, here on this planet, you're not going to be married to them. Some of you guys are going, hey, man, oh, goodness me, you know. Uh, others are going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? I don't know, but you're not going to be married, not to them anyway. And so there's there's a lot uh, a lot of thinking gets done about this whole thing, but I believe that there's a way of going about finding, if you will, I'll call it the right one. Uh, no use calling them the wrong one, but there's a way of going about this. And, uh, and I believe that it's almost like an arranged marriage. And for, for some cultures, they have arranged marriage. I used to think that that was just so archaic and so terrible until I started meeting people from the Middle East and, and India. And some people are here uh, uh, this morning. And I started to hear some of the commonsensical ways, the, the way, the wisdom and the ways that they, that they go about it. It wasn't quite what I thought it was, the whole arranged uh, marriage thing where, you know, most of it anyway, probably where, you know, mom and dad say, there's the one, you're going to marry them, and that's it. No discussion about it. No, it's not quite like that. The person, the couple has, has their say in it. There's a lot of wisdom, but it's not emotional wisdom. It's, it's done with uh, wisdom and common sense and, 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 and thinking the whole thing through. And in Genesis chapter 24, we'll go there, in verses 1 to 6, and, and it's, a, it's an incredible account here of how Abraham commissions his servant Eleazar to go and find a bride for his son Isaac. And uh, we'll just pick it up here in verse 1 of Genesis 24. And then we're going to look at four rules of engagement or tips on dating, if you want to call it that, uh, that I've got for you. And in Genesis 24, verse 1, Abraham, now Abraham, bear in mind, is called the father of our faith. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his house, that's Eleazar, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. Now, we don't do that much anymore, thank goodness, but uh, it means serious business now. We're about to Swear an oath here. We're going to go into a covenant, a very strong agreement on something. So, you know, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. But you will go to my country, to my own relatives, and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to the Lord? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there. That was Ur of the Chaldees. That's where they worshiped the moon. Four rules of engagement. And look, if you're not uh, single here and you're not looking at dating or finding the one or the right one, uh, it's okay because there's wisdom in this for you because maybe you've got a child, a son or a daughter, or a grandchild, or maybe a friend, and maybe some, and some of this stuff, honestly, you can apply it whether you're married or single. So I don't want to miss a whole bunch of people here because I do realize 
that within the demographic of our church, we've got uh, seniors that, that, you know, have well and truly can't remember the first date they had. And, uh, you know, we've got young people here that aren't quite maybe of that age to date yet. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we've got a whole variety of people. But I believe there's something in this for everybody. In fact, this whole series that we're doing next week and the weeks after, there's going to be a lot in it for everybody. Believe me, even if we're talking about marriage and you're single, there'll be a a whole lot in it. So I want you to really, you know, take a note of this and and, and be tuned into every bit of it, even if you think, oh, it doesn't apply to me. It applies to you. And, And rule number one is this, approach dating with dignity. Take it seriously. Why? Because you may end up together. So it's a pretty serious thing. Uh, you know, oftentimes people don't start off uh, on, a, on the journey of relationship and dating thinking, oh, I'm going to marry that person. Sometimes they do. Sometimes you hear from God and they hear from God and you know, you know from, the, from the get-go, from the first time that your eyes meet, that's the one. We are going to get married. They both uh, know that and away we go. Oftentimes, however, that is not the case. And, and so sometimes people, not, so, sometimes people don't take dating seriously and they don't they don't date with dignity and i think that's where the arranged marriage comes in because it forces almost uh, a dignity about it it takes uh it 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 puts it into the it's this is serious let's not just treat this flippantly it's not a silly game now i like playing games uh some of my favorite games are uno and you know people here okay all right uh Euchre, I don't know if you ever, you know, card games. Monopoly, how many people like Monopoly? Okay, takes takes a long time to play that game. Uh, another favorite of mine that takes a long, a long time is Risk. Anybody like Risk where you got to conquer the world? You get to invade, you know, different places. And I love card games. And, uh, and I like the thrill uh, of risking something without really costing me anything or really risking anything. But if you treat dating like a game, you will be the biggest loser. Play and you're going to get played. Dating is not a silly game. And if you want to lose, then play by these rules. I'll give you a few rules for losing when it comes to, you know, getting played with dating. But, you know, these are just a few of the things that I've noticed in my my days of being single and and observed. They've never gone away. They're still in vogue today. Uh, You know, one of them is just date for the thrill of the chase. Uh, It's kind of like some of those fishing shows, you know, catch it. Oh, here it is. It's the fish, you know, kiss it and then then put it back in there because you didn't really want to keep it anyway. You really just wanted to prove that you could have them. Or if you want to get played again, play hard to get intentionally. I was always taught this one, you know, got to play a bit hard to get here. If you really want to get, just don't act interested. You really are, but now I'm going to act like I'm not interested so that, you know, they become more interested because wanting is better than having and, and wanting what you can't have is a great thing. And so if, they, if they, they think that they can't have me and I play hard to get, listen to me, leave playing and acting to Hollywood. You play, you're going to get played. If you got to play games with people and, and you're going to date that way and treat it as a, as a silly game, then you are going to get played. You're going to get burned. So, you know, two words that don't go with integrity are act and play. Uh, another one is learn the skills of flattery and pickup lines. Uh, you know, fake acting real. 
flattery, posing uh, as sincerity when you're not sincere. Where's the trust in that? There is no trust without truth. And so if you're going to be talking to somebody, be sincere about that. Don't be a fake. Don't be an actor. Another one is try before you buy. Well, it's always wise to go for a little test drive, isn't it? And you see people doing this when it comes to even going to bed together, try before you buy. And I love what Romans 1.17 says. It says, uh, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Listen to this. A righteousness or right standing with God that is by faith from first to last. Just as that is written, the righteous or the just, it says, will live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not by trial and error. When shouldn't you live by faith? That's a question. When shouldn't you hear from God? When is try before you buy? Where is try before you buy? Anywhere in scriptures. It's not there. The just shall live by faith. So at the start of the journey, faith comes only one way, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Best get a word from God, then start the journey by faith, and you won't miss. You won't mess up. Now I know that goes cross grain. I know there's a lot of uh, you know advice out there, even from Christians, that it's okay, you know, to, to play all these silly games. They wouldn't call it a game, but you know, uh, you know, to go ahead and just get the thing, get some experience under your belt, and you know, all of that. If you want to go that way, go that way. I'm not here to argue against it. I'm really here to present God's word on the deal. And, and the way that Abraham didn't, he didn't, didn't go, hey, Isaac, come here. Forget about Eleazar. Uh, just go out there, play the field, man. You know, it's okay. You know, have a bit of experience. Don't hear from God. I mean, I'm the father of, uh, of faith, Abraham. Uh, you know, but it's okay. You're my son. And, uh, you know, all the things I did, you don't need to do it that way. You just go out there, adventure, you know. Play the field, man. I'll give you a few tips on how to do that. And she'll be sweet. He didn't do that. Like I said, take it seriously. Take it, not serious as in her, I'm not going to have any fun, but, you know, treat dating with dignity. Uh, Another thing, if you really want to lose, flirt frequently, because flirting is fun. It doesn't hurt to tease a little bit. (laughs) I'm only playing. Well, again, you know, you want to play that, you can play that all you want. You're just going to get burned, and I don't see that in the Bible either. But, but again, there are people that would say flirting's good and they're Christians. And, you know, that's, that's, that's their advice. And if you want to take that, take that. Uh, another one, we're almost done with these ones. But uh, another one, <laughs> use dating as your mission field. We used to call that missionary dating. Uh, start the journey with someone with the intent of changing them later. Now, if you're in a relationship with somebody or you married somebody and they're not a Christian, Paul talks about that, and that's all good. I'm really talking to somebody that hasn't done that yet, that maybe that's not the best idea, all right? Because the Bible actually does say in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, uh, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Oh, but they're a good person. 
They're a good person, but they're still in darkness. They still need to be saved. Every good person that thinks they're good still is not that good, still needs a Savior. And there's reasons for not being yoked together with an unbeliever. And, and the Bible's very clear on that. However, if you are and you can stay with that person, and we're, we're going to talk about that in the marriage series, well, then stick it out because they might get saved. But don't start that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not having a go at people that ended up that way. I'm I'm talking to people that haven't got there yet. Don't use dating as your mission field. There's a lot of things that, uh, you know, that that you can get caught on, but that's a big one. And thinking that you're going to change somebody when you get married to them is usually not going to happen. People usually put their best foot forward before they get married. So if you don't like what you see at the beginning, it's probably not going to get better. Oh, it could be, and I know there's examples where it does. But chances are they're putting their best foot forward anyway, and what you see is what you get. That's the only guarantee of what you're going to get is what you see. So if you don't like what you see, then don't think, oh, I'm going to marry him. I'll catch that fish first and then, you know, clean it later. Well, good luck to you because uh, it's probably not going to happen. And so, um, you know, it says here in Genesis 24, Again, back to 3, 4, and we'll read verse 6. Uh, we'll just read 3 and 6. I want you to share, swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, Abraham said, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living. Make sure that you do not take my son back there. Rule number two, and I've already talked uh, enough about it, but don't date the Canaanites. Just don't date the Canaanites. Rule number three, and we're going to close soon. Rule number three is this. Look for character. Look for character in a person. Sometimes we're looking at the wrong things. Now, looks are important. Charisma is important. Whether they make you laugh or not is important. You know, having things in common, uh, you know, that... All of these things are very, very, very important. But I think character trumps everything else. And Christ-like character, certainly for a believer, would be the, would be the thing, I believe, to look for. In uh, verse 14 of Genesis 24, may it be that when I say to a young woman, now this is a servant talking, Eleazar, please let down your jar that I might have a drink. And she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Eleazar was a servant. So what Eleazar was looking for was another of the same kind or someone with the same heart. He was looking for someone with a servant's heart for Isaac. Isaac wasn't looking there. Isaac wasn't out playing the field. He wasn't out, you know, uh, uh, in, in the field of play, so to speak. The servant was sent out to bring back a bride. How much trust is there involved in that? I wouldn't do that. There's nobody that I would trust to go and say, hey, go find me a wife. Because I'm, I'm married, so it would be wrong, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just seeing if you're still listening. Uh, but if I was single again. I love you guys, but there's not one person here that I'd say, go pick me a wife, and whoever you choose, I'll be stuck with her. Not going to happen. But the amount of trust that's involved here with Isaac, 
to and Abraham, we're going to let Eleazar, who is this guy? What gives him the qualifications to go out and, and find a, a, a bride for, 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 for Isaac? We're going to find out in a moment. But the, 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 the thing here is what was he looking for? He was looking for another of the same kind, somebody that had the same heart, somebody that was a servant. Now, it's not a real big deal for us when we read this story on the surface. You go, oh, yeah, give a drink of water to, you know, he's thirsty. Here's a drink of water. Oh, that's going to say a lot. That's, that's something that marriage is built on there, right there. Uh, Eleazar had ten camels. Now, I Googled this, and I have heard this before. But each camel, have a look at this or listen to this. Each camel could drink 53 gallons of water, that's 200 liters, in three minutes. Wow. That's a lot of water going down. That's a lot of hump filling up. 53 gallons of water, 200 liters, in three minutes, and Eleazar had 10 camels. That's 530 gallons. I didn't... uh, multiply it in, in liters, but, you know, that's more than just filling up your car. That's like filling up a lot of cars and getting the bucket and walking down into that well and dropping that down in and pulling, you know, the hard work in the middle of perhaps the hot day, bringing those buckets up, bringing them back so that those 10 camels can just suck that water down. That was a massive, massive job for this woman, Rebecca, who was probably petite and beautiful on top of that. She had incredible character to even offer that. These people uh, that, that are in this story represent something here, and I want you to grab a hold of it. If the main point of my message actually is, is, is about the coming, who these people represent uh, represents you when it comes to dating. That's why I say treat it with dignity. This is pretty serious business here. And who they represent represents in your story the significance to your story in the, in the dating relationship. Now, Abraham, again, represents the Father. You have a heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. You know? He's your Father. And Abraham represents the Father here who commissions his servant to go out and get a bride for the son. Isaac is the son. Now, we know that in the Godhead, if you will, or the Trinity, if you're Catholic, uh, that uh, the three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all one. They're all God. They all have a different purpose, though, to fulfill different personalities, if you will. They also have a different uh, function when it comes to arranging marriage for you and for, uh, for finding, if you will, the, the right one for you, the one that you can depend on and build your life on. So Isaac is the son. Eleazar, however is a type of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit call? He's called our helper in all, all, all things in our life. He's the one that, uh, he doesn't play games, but he's the one that sticks closer than a brother. He's called our counselor. The Holy Spirit, whom Eleazar represents, is in your life when it comes to this thing dating. Isn't that exciting? He is out there working right now on your behalf and also on the behalf of somebody else, at least somebody, out there right now uh, on your behalf to help you, to counsel you, to comfort you, even during this time of waiting, you think, 
think, oh, it's taking so long. You know, I'm 18 already. When is it ever going to happen? All of these things. And Rebecca is the bride. Guess who she represents? Hello, bride of Christ. You become the bride of Christ. Uh, when, when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, he treats you as his precious bride. He is the groomsman. And, and, and so you primarily, you know, we are married to him. And the, and, the, and the thing I believe that sums up dating is become the bride that the bridegroom would want to be married to. Become the person you hope the person you want to marry would date. Let the Holy Spirit teach and comfort and guide and help you during this thing. And then finally, my third, my final uh, and fourth rule, I'd like the uh, worship team to come up, is in Genesis 24, verse 63. Rule number four is this. Look up before you hook up. Look up before you hook up. And Verse 63, he went out to the field, that's called, that's Isaac. So this whole time that Eleazar is having this, this journey to go find a bride for, for him, the whole time that, you know, he's meet, meeting Rebecca, meeting the family, everything's going down. Where's, where's Isaac? Isaac is, he's at home. You know, I would be as nervous as a, a cat on a hot tin roof if, if it was me. I'd be like, oh, man, you know, what's he going to bring back? I, remember, I told him specific things. I, I told him, you know, I, I want a, a, a redhead. Good luck back in their day. Uh, you know, I, I, I want somebody, you know, that's... that's and maybe he went into physical attributes with El- Eleazar. It doesn't say. But, but certainly, I would, have, I would have definitely had a good, strong talk with Eleazar. You need to have a good, strong talk with the Holy Ghost. Don't leave God out of this deal. Like I said, treat it with dignity. Go to your Heavenly Father in prayer. Whatever you shall ask for, you know, go to God in prayer over this. You need to treat this not as some flippant little deal. And and again, you know, not to bomb the target again, but, you know, don't treat dating like a game or you're going to get played and you're going to become the biggest loser. So if you will become the person you hope the person you want to marry would date, then God can hook up with you. In verse 63, he went out in the field one evening to meditate. That's the first time that that word meditate is used in the Bible. It's used also again in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart uh, from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. It shall be before your eyes. You will meditate in it day and night. And then you'll observe to do. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Meditation. Prayer is a form of meditation. It's where you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. The same Holy Spirit that would have been with Eleazar, whom Eleazar represents, that's out there transacting business. He's still God. He's omniscient and omnipresent. He's, he's able to be everywhere, and he's all-knowing. He's, he knows what's going down over here on that side of the planet where maybe that person that you're going to marry someday is. I began to pray for Gail before I'd ever met her. I didn't even know her name was Gail. But I I began to pray for that person. And I prayed, God, you know, whoever that is, bring us together. Boy, did I pray. I prayed a lot. She prayed too. 
she didn't even know it was me. So that when, you know, when we came together, there was something about that that God was already involved. So he goes out and he meditates. It means to ponder, to imagine, to to mutter, begin to speak in an unknown tongue, start to really put some prayer into it. And, and, And as he was, as he looked up, it says, as he looked, he saw camels approaching. You see, the biggest fear for, for Isaac would have been that one of the camels would have been the, the bride. But he had already seen something. He would already seen during his prayer and meditation time the type of person that he was praying for. He already saw the type of character. He'd already talked about that with, with uh, Eleazar, the Holy Spirit. They had dialogue already. They've already got, got this deal going. There's transactions going on in the spirit realm. Do you understand that? If you go out and do what most of the world does, go out and get some beer goggles on, go out and have a dance at the club, you know, try before you buy all the silly stuff that goes on, and, and you think that you're going to end up with somebody just amazing for you, well, good luck to that. God's got a better plan for you. God's got an amazing plan for you. Follow God's plan. Do it God's way. You're going to get God's result. You know, that's the Bible all the way through and through. And so you've got to give God some space. Now, the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I think that's... uh, You know, one of the greatest keys is to just get before God. Treat dating with dignity. Don't play it. Don't date the Canaanites. If you have, you know, believe God, something's going to happen for sure. But if you haven't, don't do it. Don't go there if you haven't done it already. (laughs) And watch what God does. God wants to move on your behalf. The real story isn't just getting somebody to be happy and grow old with. The real story is finding someone to fit into God's story. See, if it's not God's story, it's not going to be a good story. Sometimes we think about dating and marriage as our story. It's all about me being happy. We just want to grow old together. We kind of want the notebook ending. Well... Romance is great. We're going to talk about that in this series. It's fantastic. Romance is awesome, and there's a lot of aspects to it. But ultimately, you want his story to be your story. You want that person that you date and eventually marry to have common mission, God's mission for your life. You want to share that story together with them, that together we've got purpose, we've got an assignment on this earth, and it's what God has assigned us to do as a couple. It may not be pastoring a church or, you know, going out on a mission field or something. It could be anything that God's got you an assignment. God purposely puts you together for God's purpose. Make sure that it's not just your story, that it's his story, that you're dating somebody that's going to fit into his story and let God do something truly, truly amazing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.